We back in the lab, we making some noise, so go turn your decibels up. Yeah. Black skin, white coat, oh no, who was nice as us? Made Jim really told us no limits, so we about to take this up. Went from mixing in the kitchen to the lab, and now nah, I can make this up. Be side, be scientist, be side, be scientist. We shining a light on the people of color to show them how fly it is. Be side, be scientist, be side, be scientist. We back in the lab with white coats on our back, trying to show what time it is. Hey. Podcast, a podcast produced by the Black Science Coalition Institute. When you hear this noise, that is our in podcast citation. So head over to b.si.org backslash b scientists to check out all of our citations for each episode that we've ever done. My name is Jordan Chapman, geoarchaeologist. And as always, we have the dope chemist herself, Jana Carpenter. And we're back from, I guess, like a two to three week break. Yeah, um, it's been right? a it's while. Like two, three weeks. It feels like um, definitely missed podcasting it up with my favorite geoarchaeologist and geochemist, mm-hmm. Jordan Chapman. <laughs> Thanks, appreciate it. <laughs> um, I guess that was our that was so that was our June team break. I'm trying to make it a thing now because I mean that's something that happened. You know, Juneteenth is now a federal holiday. I mean. Shout yeah, out to, yeah. to Juneteenth, um, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> indeed, indeed. I mean, I'm glad we can celebrate it federally. I would love to see more done. Um, and I think it's a good opportunity to continue to uplift and highlight those of the diaspora. Uh, and so shout out to everyone. And I hope you mm-hmm. were able to celebrate and or recognize the day. So, Did you celebrate? Or did you do anything? Um, I celebrated a friend of mine, um, Sydney Hayes, <laughs> and her birthday happens to fall on Juneteenth. Oh, dope. Nice. Fittingly, we we celebrated by playing out uh, The Matrix. <laughs> it was a Matrix-themed themed party, okay. so it felt very fitting for the time. Nice. So, That's dope. did you celebrate? Um, not specifically i mean i tried to only eat like from like a black owned restaurant that day like just to you know show love i do want to make it more of a thing though like from now on i mean i've been trying to do this for the last couple years but from now on just like doing there's more community around you know more black people like just doing like cookouts and stuff like that and then also when you know it's a lot safer because i mean it's quote unquote safe now but not like super safe so when that becomes a thing again, like I'd like to do that a lot more. Yeah, there's a local restaurant called Rashi's Cuisine, which mm, is uh, mm, Jamaican food mm. here in Athens, Georgia. Wow, mm-hmm. if you want some great, amazing Jamaican food to like really feed your soul, oh yeah, highly, highly, highly recommend. And they also had a community event the same day on Juneteenth. I meant to go, and I didn't. How was it? I didn't go either. Oh, I was in Atlanta. I really <laughs> okay. wish I could have been there, though. I do think the weather kind of um, it was the locations change a little bit, and so it, I think it moved to a different community center. But it was, I mean, from what I heard, it was really cool. And mm. District Representative Mariah Parker mm-hmm. was there in attendance, and so yeah, I mean, I think it is important to just continue to find those spaces of community that you can give back to and be a part of at the same time so yeah i agree i want to do a lot more of that going Mm -hmm. forward 
Same, same. But yeah, we got some other stuff to talk to you guys about today. For example, uh, before we really jump into all some of that stuff, um, just a quick couple of updates. If you didn't listen to our last episode, we started sponsorship tiers, um, one of which is simply just donating um, anywhere between $1 to $100 to just help support with some of the things that are going on here at B-Side. There are some other sponsorship tiers, but we're just going to talk about that one right now because with that one, if you donate to B-Side at... Um, on bside.org you can get your name on the podcast we will choose a random name that um shows up in our donations that month and we will say your name and say hey thanks for being scientists with us so it's just that simple um you can be famous after that and all your friends will know so why not do that Jenny, you want anything to add to my really bad uh, plug right there? No, that was great. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's just, it's so important to, like we just said, to give back to our community. And the only way that we can continue to do that is with uh, the support of those who've been supporting us uh, since our, since the beginning of BSI. Mm -hmm. So we would greatly appreciate your support and just, you know, sharing and liking and and letting people know about BSI also does so much good i think for us so yeah if you don't have it to give uh please share and let people know about bsi so that we can continue to grow this community cool cool and then we are also working on a magazine so if you donate to bsi your donation helps goes towards that that is also part of this one of the sponsorship tiers it's it's in one of the um um, tiers. I can't remember which one it is right now, but if you donate, um, it's significantly more than $100, but if you were feeling very generous, that would mean that your name would also appear in our B-Scientist magazine, which is going to debut sometime this summer. Um, some of us here at B-Sci are currently uh, preparing articles and things of that nature to put into the magazine. Some of them are, are more research oriented such as um I, jenna I, we were just talking about it yours is going to be um some of them more personal like mine's will be a little bit more personal um and then some of them were just kind of like things you'd see in other magazines like top 10 whatever which me and chad are working on something like that and there's some other ones that are going to come out but um yeah it's going to happen sometime this summer um as you can imagine writing this and also doing some of the other things we did with b-side and also other life events kind of you know slows it up a little bit you know, it's, it's hard to it's hard to keep track of everything yeah. you know it's you got to give yourself a break sometimes sometimes you know, that's important but yeah so the be gold membership tier would provide a recognition as a donor on the magazine as well as the be platinum tier so yeah you know i think it, it'll be really really good once people see how hard we've been working to get this to fruition so look out for that and please post something if you feel fit to do so mm -hmm. we can create something great right i feel yeah, like I'm, I'm in a Kellogg's commercial <laughs> i don't know why i just did that <laughs> <laughs> yeah it, it, it does feel like um doing like advertisement work it's 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 a little yeah. strange it's we'll work through it though <laughs> Yeah, and I mean, that, and that also reminds me of of um, 
the 828 coming up <laughs> as well. Yes, so. yes. <laughs> we are going to be part of um, Give 828 this year again. Um, we were That was our first ever fundraiser, actually, um, which we did last year. It was pretty much like a month after we got our 501c3 status, which we're, I guess we're coming up our anniversary for our 501c3 status, That's which is... That's exciting. Crazy to think about. It's uh wow. It's been a year. That's wow. <laughs> but yeah, it's almost yeah. been a year since we've been a five, official five hundred one c three. Um, so we're going to be part of Give Eight Twenty Eight again. Um, if you don't know, Give Eight Twenty Eight is um hosted by the Young Black and Giving Back Institute, and there are I don't know how many other Black nonprofits are part of the event, but there are a lot, including one that is also a science um, organization called Simlink, which is based out of Atlanta. And I highly suggest that you check out uh, Simlink if you haven't on Instagram. Um, they are amazing. But Give A28 um, allows us Black nonprofits to kind of have a day where we kind of get the spotlight. And strangely enough, August 28th is a pretty historic day for a bunch of different reasons. And african-american history um one uh, martin luther king gave his i had to have a dream speech on um eight twenty eight. so the march on washington i also believe and i might be wrong but i think emmett till happened on eight twenty eight. it's it, it's just like a bunch of crazy coincidences that happened um on that date which makes it um, a pretty opportune day to um, get back to black nonprofits so we'd appreciate a donation that day well, i'm sure um as that day come up we'll have more announcements um for you guys we might even host an event it might be like a podcasting thing it might be just some social media stuff but we'll let you guys know just th- keep sticking with us and then we also want to give you some news updates that have something to do with science for one there was a building collapsed in Miami, which was unfortunate, but it was also an engineering problem. Um, so, Jen, I think you might have a couple things on that. Yeah, so obviously there are no definitive answers as of yet for the absolute cause of the building collapse. But what we know so far is that there might have been a series of events leading up to the collapse that explain what happened on the day. And so before I even talk about this, I just want to kind of come with some reverence and I just want to reach out to those people who were affected by this and those who even aren't affected by this because it's a really tragic event that should not have happened. But just, you know, sending out some love to those families who've been affected. Um, But looking at some of the structural integrities of the building, it from the videos that were captured on that day, um, they have kind of mentioned some of the stages of the collapse, starting with pool area, which would lend itself to maybe meaning that the building had some foundational issues because after the pool kind of caved in on itself, the center of the building collapsed and then some of the outer east facing and north facing parts of the building collapsed leaving the west-facing building standing after the ordeal. Um, And as of now, I think the numbers are pretty staggering. I believe 64 
people have been re recovered that are no longer with us. Um, and there are still several missing. Um, and so it's a pretty terrible thing to have happened. There have been some reports of audit being done on the building's integrity uh, a few years back and that it did not receive a good rating and that indeed they requested a serious uh, maintenance overview for the building that did not go through because it would have cost millions of dollars. But the safety of the people that lived there obviously was not taken seriously. So uh, we see what the aftermath of that has been. And so I just, I'm really raging with anger yeah. um, and just fully sad about what happened because it does seem like it could have been avoided. I think they evacuated um, another building nearby that was yeah. um, constructed by, or either constructed or managed by the same um, people who had to deal with the first one. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, you know, Miami is right there on the coast. And we just, I mean, we're in the, in the middle of a huge hurricane season. And mm -hmm. so there's some environmental implications about what's going on as well. You know, the erosion rates have grown significantly mm -hmm. over the years, but especially this year, we're starting to see environmentalists tell people, you know, you need to watch out for global warming with the rising water levels. And people hear things like, oh, 1% change in, in water levels and think that's a small percentage. But you kind of are starting to see some of the devastation that comes with these seemingly small percentages of environmental changes. So, right. yeah, that's just something that to think about and, and kind of sit with because... <laughs> This is real. This is really happening. <laughs> and, happening. You know, in Cali, there are certain parts of Cali that are it's up to 114 degrees right now, like today. <laughs> yeah, the heat dome. I think is what they're calling it. Um, that's, and I, I, I think there were some places like even up in like the northwestern part of the U.S., which is not ready for extreme heat events. And they were all just like, what is this? In fact, I think in Canada, which they had some like crazy like forest fires going on up there. So I think this is just another like, I don't know what people are, what's the question at this point? Is climate change real? Yes. Are we going to do something about it? Um, crickets, apparently. It, it doesn't make any sense. So I don't just... We need to do something. I think people are more receptive to doing something now, but the onus can't just be on the individuals. You know, it, it has to also be um, corporations um, and government officials who have the power to mobilize and control large right. swaths of the population. And then also the international efforts. Like it's it's not just one country. It's 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 all the major countries that you hear about in the news affecting this this process so there it needs to be a widespread effort and i just remembered also in the news mm -hmm. that you know there's ocean fires happening oh yeah that one was wild that like i remember i was like on my twitter timeline and i saw it i was like you gotta fuck up real bad to set the so ocean bad. on fire so bad it's crazy. I just, 
And it's because oil rigs are yep. getting hit on the ocean floor mm-hmm. because these, I mean, <laughs> we got to have that oil, you know, we got to have that oil, got to have it. Mm-mm-mm. Um, and now look at us. <laughs> it's an ocean on fire. <laughs> we set the literal ocean on fire. Mm. There is no telling what kind of environmental damage that is going to cause. Yeah, that I have no idea what that. I don't know what that means. I don't know what that's going to look like. I, I don't know, but like, wow. How again? Like that's like when on Friday when like how you get fired on your day off. How do you set the ocean on fire? How do you do this? What is going on? Don't yeah, make sense. It's bad. It's bad. And, you know, we always talk about how Mars is like the sister planet of Earth and mm-hmm. how it used to have beautiful oceans and things like that. And all of a sudden there must have been some kind of a change in the environment for it to turn to a desert planet just like mm-hmm. that. And it's like, okay, <laughs> we, I, I feel like I'm seeing a lot of symbolism happening here. I can mm. read between the lines like, do we really want to look like Mars in 50 years? I think not. Probably not, but like, <laughs> I mean, we're not protecting the planet, though, so. Honestly. How do you set the so ocean yeah. on fire? How really do you? How? Like, we understand. It was oil and the oil set on fire, but then, then yeah. it was like, cause, you know, but this, how? This, just, just wow. This isn't the first time there's been an oil spill. No. <laughs> like, there's how many fucking oil spills? It's just like, get your shit together. Like, just, <laughs> just, just figure this out. Like, what is the problem? God forbid we know. have renewable energy. God forbid. Yeah. God forbid. Like, cause, cause it, cause why, just, just, why would we do that? That it makes too much sense to just be like, you know what, let's just figure out solar energy or wind energy and just be happy. It, yeah. That's just, it's just too much to ask for. Yep. I could go on for days about <laughs> yeah. that, but yeah. <laughs> we got other stuff to talk about. Um, we do. Yeah, that one that really grinds my gears. I, I think it's grinding yours too, as you can as you can tell. It is because it's just a domino effect. And it it's really making is. Me it's think so bad. Of other things that are, are happening currently, and I'm like, well, I don't have six hours to talk about this, so let yeah. me just keep it short. Because other things that are happening right now, we all thought we were in the clear with COVID nineteen. Yep. You know, restrictions being lifted. Georgia just lifted all. COVID restrictions that were in place at the very beginning of the pandemic. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Those have all been lifted. Mm-hmm. And lo and behold, <laughs> and I hope I don't get this wrong, but the SARS-CoV-2 B.1.617.2 Delta variant is now wrecking havoc all over the place. And yep. not just in the U.S. This has been... I don't know. It's been known to have originated in india Mm -hmm. um but the rate of transmission is so high with this variant um that it is already showing up in the united states um i believe parts of oklahoma where some where some of the first cases were noted um after a big sporting event held indoors many of the uh attendees were unvaccinated and as a result Many of those people have now been tested positive with this new variant, uh, which has been shown to have 20 to 53% higher transmissibility amongst um, 
people in close uh, approximation. So mm-hmm. that's terrifying. That's terrifying. And of course, there's now a lot of research is going underway to figure out, okay, how effective are the vaccines going to be um, with combating the uh, this new variant that's a right. little bit different from the other variants that we've seen before. So, um, yeah, I mean, absolutely make sure you're vaccinated. At the same time, you know, move with caution. No one, this is never, no one has ever said, oh, the pandemic is over. Like this is not, (laughs) that just hasn't happened. We've gotten like more relaxed with it. Mm -hmm. You know, I I certainly have after getting vaccinated and fully inoculated. Mm -hmm. Uh, the two weeks after my second dose. However, you know, this is something very serious um, that we should take seriously. And um, just like the first wave of this pandemic, we don't know anything about what this means yet. What what are your thoughts on this? I mean, just that, you know, um, I don't know where I saw this statistic, but um, basically that the places where there are the highest number of cases and deaths and then also concurrently the places where the delta um variant is um the most widespread um are all places where uh um vaccination efforts are not as good as the rest of the country so these places are where people are just making that decision that they're not going to get vaccinated and then they they are the ones being the most affected by it which makes absolutely a hundred percent sense that if the current vaccines are effective against covid that they would protect most of the population from getting covid and similar variants for at least a little while um and if you don't get the vaccine, then if there are, if it's the novel coronavirus that we saw in 2019 or a variant that if you don't get vaccinated, then you're going to be part of the population that's very much susceptible to getting COVID. And it's, it's very simple. It's, a, it's not, it's not hard. It's not, it's, it's it, there's no complications to it. The one that frustrates me the most is that, again, and this is just, seeing stuff on online is that i saw something earlier that was like um what is the vaccine supposed to do and someone replied in the comments like oh it's just a form of population control and i'm like yeah um it's a population control for those of you not getting the vaccine that's what the that's the population control because everyone because first of all i think 47 percent of the country is fully inoculated so half the country is pretty much inoculated not half the country is dead, but the places where people are dying the most is where people aren't getting are not getting vaccines. It's like, do you how do you you got to do a lot of mental gymnastics to get to that conclusion that right. it's population control for the people who are getting the vaccine? So that's frustrating. That's a good point too, and and also, I mean, if you have just taken any elementary biology course, you would know that. The reason why we have all these variants coming out is because it's mutating. It's mm-hmm. getting stronger. 
-hmm. And why is it getting stronger? Because people are letting their guard down, not Mm -hmm. getting vaccinated, getting COVID, and it just keeps mutating and getting stronger. You know, (laughs) I feel like it it seems so simple, of course. It seems really simple. Just to get vaccinated. Um, and I and but, I don't want to you know throw people's concerns under the bus about the vaccine you know yes right, right. okay you you have concerns you don't know it's going to be safe for you I understand that I also understand if you're going to talk about system systematic racism institutional um, problems in this country that lead to um, many people especially black and other underrepresented groups or underserved groups from wanting to do this but at a certain point you do have to take all that information and and i'm not going to say make a better decision because i think people take that and mean i'm just going to make the decision that makes that works better for me and while it might work better for you it might not work better for the 10 other people you might unintentionally pass on a variation to who also don't have who might have compromised immune systems or just also decided to not get vaccinated. So it's not just make a better decision, it's make the right decision, which is to be vaccinated and understand that once you're vaccinated, we can go fight these um, systematic problems, but not, we can do it before you get vaccinated, but you should probably be vaccinated while you're doing that. So it could be, it could work a little bit smoother for you. Right. And I think that's why it's so important to have more people that look like us, black and brown people mm-hmm. in STEM, Right. Specifically in medicine and public mm-hmm. health to be able to talk about these things, because it's a lot easier to understand something if you're talking to someone who looks like you and who has lived experiences that reflect some of your own, you know. So um, I think the more we have that kind of conversation within our own community, uh, the easier it will be. Um, and the easier it will be to follow the science because we have people who are actually doing the science, doing the work um, to make sense of all of this. But I, I again, like you were saying, it, it is still so completely understandable to um, find this kind of a difficult thing to navigate because we have a really rich history of systemic racism. So that is so important to recognize um, and call out when we see so yeah and i guess that's a good segue to get into a couple of the other things that um jenna and i have been involved in since b-side went on break um before right around the time of juneteenth um so there was the stem noir conference which you might have heard us talk about on the podcast um dr chanel tolson was part of the part of the organizing committee for stem noir um, but um, Jenna and Janae were also representing B-Side um, during the conference. So can you talk about that a little bit for us? Yeah, of course. What an exciting conference to be a part of. I just felt so happy to even be a part of it. It was a really great turnout. A lot of people were really excited to be there. So many great sessions. And it was at such good times to attend as well, which was really nice. And just seeing, like, following Dr. Tolson, like, seeing her with the committee of, mm-hmm. of hardworking ladies making this possible, it was really, like, encouraging um, because they put on something really great. 
uh, and really important for Black women in science and STEM to kind of come together uh, and recognize each other. And so now I think um, after the fact, I'm starting, to, like I followed a bunch of people that kind of met through the conference and, mm-hmm. you know, now they're shouting each other out, lifting each other up. Like, it's just really nice to see that because I think it just makes the community are much stronger. I don't know the right terminology mm-hmm. sometimes, but I don't know. I don't know um, how to talk. I understand. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was really, really awesome. We had a lot of people turn up to the booth. Mm-hmm. Um, I think people really love the video that Jordan that oh, nice. you put together. Um, it looked really nice on the exhibitor profile. So many other great uh, exhibitors that were there. It was just really awesome. And I really shout out to Janae for keeping up with my massive emails that I would send like, hey, uh, do you remember if I was supposed to do this or that? <laughs> so, <laughs> thank you so much, Janae, for being patient with me and Jordan for being patient and everyone for uh, coming and attending and interacting with us. Um, and I can't wait for uh, STEM Noir 2022 because mm-hmm. I just know it's going to be great and I already can't wait. So Hopefully yeah. it's in person for you guys. That'd be dope. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, we got to figure out this other stuff first, but if it's in person, <laughs> then that'd be amazing. Oh, yeah. That'd be really cool. And yeah. also, I am talking to my roommate about uh, STEM Noir in general. I just found out, like, you know, everyone knows about Dr. Tolson's chocolate company now. Simplicity. Oh, Simplicity that chocolate is amazing. It's so good. <laughs> it's <so> good. So, <laughs> you gotta, if I didn't do before, shout out again to Dr. Tolson for like creating such delicious chocolate what were you mm-hmm. gonna say jordan i was just gonna agree with you that, that that's the i because i had a piece because you had some chocolate um during our last recording session and i was like oh can i have a piece and then i ate pretty much the whole thing <laughs> so which like, i appreciate it because i would have <laughs> eaten the whole thing and that would have just been an issue but it's so good it's like, so good it's crazy i've never had chocolate taste like chocolate before mm-hmm. i realized because wow like it was delicious it was truly this this is this is not me um and jenna bullshitting right now that shit was amazing (laughs) the first bite was like what the fuck is this (laughs) this is crazy what i have never experienced chocolate like this before it was like i've been like this is i've been to hershey park in pennsylvania i can tell you right now none of the chocolate in hershey park was better than that chocolate that Agreed. Dr. Alan Tolson has. It is not. It, it it was. It is a far and away better. Simplicity chocolate is way better than Hershey's Park. I'm sorry. It was. Oh, yeah. It was better. Oh no, that's so true. I also went there uh, to mm. Hershey, Pennsylvania, before, and I was just like, "What was I eating before this?" No, I don't know. Like, honestly, because other chocolate, as we all know, is mostly sugar, especially mm-hmm. Hershey's. Um. No disrespect to Hershey's, but no disrespect to Hershey's. Hershey. It's still good chocolate, <laughs> but I'm just saying, simplicity chocolate is is, is, yeah. is, is, is good. It's better. Like, I'm sorry, because other chocolate, like you can taste the sugar. Like that's all you taste, really. Mm-hmm. And my teeth usually hurt because you know your girl likes sweets. So right. I'm like, whoa, this is a lot of sugar, and my teeth uh-huh. are yelling at me. When mm-hmm. I had simplicity chocolate, it was just like so smooth and my teeth didn't hurt it was like eating real chocolate like i know mm-hmm. i'm saying that a lot but it was like wow chocolate without it tasting like just sugar 
Right. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah, you gotta get some pussy chocolate. You gotta do it. Uh, You have to do it. It's it's the it's crazy. But (laughs) moving on from some pussy chocolate, um, some other things that were going on with other black scientists was, um, I'm gonna go on a limb here and say it was um the Black and X conference is probably one of the largest gatherings for black scientists ever. I feel like that's going on alone, but I also don't know what else could compare to it. Maybe some like Nesby conferences and things like that. But considering not just the type of scientists, but the amount, I would think Black and X was a pretty large conference. And um, pretty much that happened like no less than a week after Snim Noir. Um, I was a moderator for Dr. Tolson was a moderator um, for one event. I moderated another event and then Janae moderated like the next day. So B-Side was very well represented at Black and X. And I'm happy that we were all part of it. Um, there's, there was a Nature article about it. There was a Wired.com article about it. And I was in that. and But it was just just wow. Like, it was it was amazing. Um, one, um, sitting in on so many Black and X uh, meetings leading up to it. Um, because um, for those who don't know Black and X, is, it's a community and maybe more in the future, but it started last year during Black Birders Week. I mean, it kind of blossomed from there. And now it's just a huge community of many different types of scientists and many different types of organizations, some of who are just communities in themselves. Some of them are moving towards more of the nonprofit status like BSI, um, including the larger Black and X organization. And we were just glad to be there. It was an amazing experience. Like getting to, to talk, it's always just nice to talk to other black scientists who are kind of going through the same thing. Because if you would ask me a year or two ago, I'm like, I I know B-side, I know those people. But and even then, before then, it was like I don't really know anybody. So just to see this community just take this upward path has been crazy and amazing. That's so exciting, yeah. And I finally found the Black and Kim Society. So oh, nice! Like, very excited about that. But yeah, no, I feel like there's so much coming out of Black and X, and I think I'm. I mean, I'm just really excited to see what else is to come because, yeah, just from hearing you talk about it, uh, the community, like, I just mm-hmm. love it. So it's crazy, like, just in being part of B side, like, unintentionally, it seems like we've met so many of people who are already kind of doing their own thing in different parts before black because it, it it took a second after the black birder week before everyone kind of came together but somehow some way um so many like i i would say uh i know i was encountering people who are working with different black and next communities before like the actual those actual meetings started um dr tolson definitely was because some people who were at student noir were keynote speakers at Black and X. I think um, Dr. Keelan Bishop was one of the keynote speakers um, at, at for STEM. I, I think she started STEM Noir, from, or at least a co-founder, and she was a keynote speaker at Black and X. Um, and then um, Janae, being part of Black and Neuro, was already working. With, it was, it's, it's just crazy that like we were all kind of, and then I helped organize Black and Archeo. Like there was just already these crazy connections going on. So it just felt real organic for B-Side to also be so well represented there. Um, and I'm happy to have, uh, we donated some money to Black and X too. 
so happy to do that i think we did the, i think it was the black and kim actually so so yeah it's hey. good stuff it's just yeah, it's that's what look it's at about that. that's what it's mm-hmm. about like it's so important to have like the the sections of like mm-hmm. you know black and kim black and Nero, black and archeo but it's like being able to come together as well there's something so special about like the inclusion of everyone you mm-hmm. know and like being able to feel seen yeah I mean, there's also Black and Geosci, which um, was another one that I, like, um, and started encountering some of those people. And it's just, like, I've been to the National Association for Black Geoscientists, which is very helpful, but just to encounter even more um, Black Geoscientists. Because, again, like, if Black and Archaeo is, is, like, if, it's, if there's already not a lot of Black archaeologists, there's not a lot of Black ge- geologists. There's even less Black geoarchaeologists. So... <clears throat> Like just to encounter those people was just like finally. That's awesome. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, that's important. So, on some lighter notes, I saw an article that I think be fun to kind of end the podcast on, um, and it's science hypotheticals. Um, and I think it'd be interesting to hear me and Jenna's take on some crazy hypothetical questions. Um from a scientist's perspective. Um, and this is from Law of Science, um, which is a science um, media outlet. And so I'm gonna just put these out here and me and Jenna are gonna kind of discuss them. So one that's be interesting is, what if there is no gravity? So from a scientist's perspective, Jenna, how would you feel about there not being any gravity? Um interesting question mm-hmm. i think my first concern would be that i think our our joints and bones would kind of at first be really happy about that but also start <laughs> to degrade a little bit over time from what i think i understand about space travel is that yeah. zero gravity you really have to like stay active or your your muscle mass will go away like mm-hmm. your bone density changes a little mm-hmm. um and that's just that's just on gravity so i don't know i don't know how i feel about that <laughs> <laughs> no i think you're right i think that from what my understanding too is that like astronauts on the international space station after prolonged missions on the international space station one they get a little bit taller, like I think up to like two inches or something like that, because their vertebrates and like um, stuff starts to separate because just there's nothing keeping it down basically. And then yeah, like they get they experience a lot of muscle weakness and like atrophy basically after um, just just no gravity. So that's one concern. The second concern I think, and maybe you were about to get to this, is that where am I floating to, Jenna? I'm not on Earth anymore. Where am that's I a going? Good point. <laughs> That's a sound point. I don't know. Like, just imagine <laughs> they're just being like, oh, like, you're just, imagine, like, they're just being no gravity, and then you, it, it just turns off while you're walking to class one day. Next thing you know, the moon is right in front of you, and it's also coming at you, and you don't, and if that's the case, you did. So then it's, like, also, like, where is everything else going? Is the sun coming? It's just a lot of questions going on, a lot of fear, and probably not that much longer to, to live, honestly. It got I real mean, dark. Yeah. I apologize, but that's probably what's going to happen. <laughs> I mean, I personally, I was just like, 
But also, if I'm feeling really anxious and someone's like trying to have a conversation with me, I could just blast off. Oh, like you if you mean? could just turn it off whenever you wanted to? Yeah, I'd be like, oh, yeah, I'm loving this conversation, but I got to blast off. <laughs> and then I just kind of like roll out. <laughs> <laughs> I would be, I think I would be in class a lot. Sometimes I'm late for class. I think I would be to class a lot earlier because I'd just turn it off and fly somewhere and then just land and be like, oh, yeah, I'd, no traffic. That would be pretty nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I'm chronically late to everything. Yeah. <laughs> so that would be definitely helpful. Um, especially like if I want to get, like, if I'm thirsty and I want some water, but I don't feel like getting out of bed, I'd be like, <laughs> it's totally fine. Let's just, you know what I mean? No, so, for sure. <laughs> if it's going to uh, help me be more lazy, I'm down for it. But yes. if it is going to make me blast off into the moon, I don't know. I'm kind of into that. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> but I want to go. T- it'd be the fastest way to get to the moon for sure. So I get that. Yeah, but also like becoming super cold at like instantly. Yeah. That would probably suck. <laughs> but, hey, worth it. Okay, let me chill. Let me chill. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> now that's good. Um, okay, let's see what else we got here. So one that I saw that's dark but an interest that some people are going to be really happy about it probably and some people are going to be really sad i'm part of the crowd that's going to be really sad about it if this were ever to happen the question is is what if all the cats in the world suddenly died i don't like that i don't like that at all i like cats i, I like cats and dogs um i don't try to discriminate when it becomes comes to the two it's just like if it's a good cat it's a good cat i like cats if it's a good dog i like a dog I don't like the idea of just them all dying. However, I think it's an interesting question because cats are also very bad for birds. So that is where I'm like, okay, do we want species diversity or just feral cats? And that's where I'm like, ah, that's a struggle. Well, personally, I, I don't think I would survive because mm-hmm. my guy gives me so much serotonin that just yeah. does not get produced in my brain mm-hmm. that um th- things will be very bad <laughs> for me mm-hmm. mentally <laughs> no, especially for sure. like cat videos during the day cat another videos. little boost of serotonin that i need in my life um i do think about that all the time though like i can't remember what island it is outside of australia that yeah like, pretty much got their only that one land bird which mm-hmm. is extinct after someone let a cat on the island which is pretty tragic it's tragic but nah i couldn't i still i mm. on the other hand if all the cat so there's good and bad to that like um so yes cats do destroy bird populations and it can do so really really fast because they're just cats are just too good at at being good at hunting at the thing we want them to do but we like when they kill mice and rats because if they did all die at once right now guarantee in a week you will not be able to walk anywhere without seeing a mouse or a rat anywhere i guarantee if you live in a city it's, it's a wash for you. You you seeing them everywhere. You're just walking down this, especially in the subways. Like I'm gonna tell you right now, like Philly does not have a big subway system. 
like not as big as like New York per se, or even like it has a like the track system is long, but it's not intricate. Like even like Marta is a little bit more intricate than Phillies. But I tell you this, I've seen some mice in them subway stations, and I didn't see a lot. I will guarantee they will be running around everywhere. Bugs, nope. mice, rats. Just we need the cats for something. I literally just this morning, my cat like killed a fly, and I was like, "Good job, yeah, you did some treats." I'm proud of you. <laughs> um, yeah, no, not a huge fan of mice or rats. Um, or bugs, honestly. Or bugs. Uh, no thanks. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because I've heard up in New York, like rats have their own metro card and stuff. Like that's fuck <laughs> wild to me. Like, nah, they really do. <laughs> So to imagine that problem being worse than it already is. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm good. I'm good. So I feel like big cities and some farms. Oh, yeah. No, it just not. It's not possible because mm. I've heard of barn cats too, which are great for like just being a barn cat. I don't actually know yeah. what barn cats do. I think they're. I'm just gonna guess they do the same. I'm gonna guess they're the same. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They probably also keep the mice away from mm-hmm. livestock and stuff i mean but, that's that's part of how they got domesticated is they, they were like really good at doing that they were just like oh you you got a mouse problem i'm gonna eat it i'm gonna just eat them all thank you and then we were like that's good just just stick with us like and we had cats that they were they just we, they like there's like some interesting cat theories out there about how humans domesticated cats and one is that we didn't really domesticate cats because most cats are born in the wild. Like, two is that they domesticated us because they were like, oh, like, you guys started farming, which increased your mouse problem. So we're going to come over here and fix your mouse problem. And now you work for us, basically. So it's, Yeah, if anything, we should be afraid of cats saying, no more humans. They are yeah. <laughs> I could definitely see that happening. Because what if they teamed up with the Lions? Then what are we going to do? We, we done after that. It's over. It's done. Mm, I don't want that yeah. problem. Yeah, no. Nah, cats are way too smart. Yeah. Because um, we can't. We, I mean, we could team up with the gorillas and all that stuff, but I think the Lions probably got us washed out, to be honest. Yeah, they're really fast and really good at hunting. Um, mm-hmm. I'm good, personally. Yeah. <laughs> So. You just gotta let them live. We, I don't want to kill the cats anyway, but I think there's no. some real. I think there's some pros to just not not fucking with that problem, honestly. Yeah, no, I think all of pretty much all of my nightmares are that. Like that's it. Just makes me sad to think about. Mm-hmm. So, nah, I'm good. No, that's fair. <laughs> okay, one last one before we wrap it up for this episode. What if Earth were twice as big? You know the saying, more money, more problems? Fair. That's how I feel about that. Mm. That's like my gut feeling. <laughs> um, I like the idea of it being bigger and more places to go to. Mm-hmm. But also, like... So I I think it depends on lo- the logistics of how that would work, right? Like if there's yeah, more like places, is it is it literally equivalent? Like, sp- like everything is spatially doubled, or right? Is it like is the it... ocean is two times deeper? Because <laughs> that <laughs> there's also two times as much chance for like different animals to start, like or like 
like different paths to evolution probably because there's more space to like um get into more space which, for activities yeah i feel so like go ahead i kind of feel like if we had the same human population but double the size mm-hmm. i could see that working very well in terms of like just general ecosystem surviving better yeah because that would mean less human interaction mm-hmm. but if we're doubling everything like if we're noah's arcing this like mm-hmm. i don't know i don't know this makes me think about the the thanos problem in avengers endgame where it's like he which i i have a lot of problems with thanos like i always tell people when i get into when i start talking about Avengers Endgame. That if I ever saw Thanos in real life, I gotta fight him on sight. I don't care if I'm gonna lose. I don't care if he gonna watch me. We gotta fight on sight because his whole "I'm gonna reduce the population of everything by half" doesn't make sense to me because you're not fixing the problem. You just, if anything, you you might have brought the problem, Tom. But you one, you didn't re- one. You only brought yourself time because it's going to go like carrying capacity is still a thing. It's still going to go back up. You didn't. You just fixed that problem. It's going to go back up. Two is you didn't even fix the real problem, which is that some people and some things just hog more research resources than everything else. Like it's not that we don't have enough food in the world. It's that some people hoard the food. Like that is fundamentally exactly. the problem with humanity. Like, if and, you're killing out the people who are smart enough to be like, oh, this is what we need to do with our resources, yeah. then you just kill out that person that we needed to fix a problem right? for your own selfish gain. Exactly. So, so I think if he really wanted to solve that problem, then he would have doubled it. Like, he would have been like, here's two more. Like, the same problem could happen, right? It still could be that, like, say some rich billionaire goes, I'm going to take twice as much then. But there's also the chance that they just can't do it because it's too much and people figure out a way. And that's my hope. But I don't think reducing it by half fixes it. I think doubling it probably is a better solution than reducing it. Yeah, that that one's a hard one because I just like... Uh, if there are less Jeff Bezos in the world, <laughs> I don't know, man. I wasn't going to name any billionaires, but like, yes, Jeff Bezos. <laughs> I mean, I, I said Bezoses, so Bezoses. Not okay, yeah. I mean, it is the plural of Jeff Bezos, but the Bezoses, yeah. Or I should have said Beth Jezoses. Beth Jezoses. Mm-hmm. That would have been also Jeff sense. Bezos. Yeah, I mean, hey, also Jeff. Bezos. Just, just, just cut it out. Yeah, all we're asking is for you to just cut it out a little bit. Yeah, if anything, Thanos, looking at you. I would have just cut off all the top the top one percent who control everything. Like what what are they useful for except for just using us as pawns? But that's a different mm-hmm. podcast. I should really chill out. <laughs> but yeah, it, it, it kind of works though. It, it, if it's a resource thing and it's like we're gonna hoard all the resources in an ecosystem, then you like are decreasing the ecosystem diversity. So I feel like you if you're doing that then that's bad it's, we know that's bad because it destabilizes that it makes for a weak ecosystem if it's not diverse if it's only right. and it's like for example if when like 
grass, for example. If you only have one type of grass, then once one disease comes along, it wipes out the type the, all that grass, and you no longer have grass. If you have different types of grasses, then it's it's harder to wipe out an entire ecosystem because it might affect one of those grasses, but not all of them. And right. thus, you have you still have grass. That is a very sound argument. Thank you for doing that. Thank you for turning this into something actually useful because that just made me think of bananas. Like, how Bana- that's the perfect. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Like, if we were to cut out the one, I guess it was a fungus that kills all bananas, so. we mm-hmm. would still have so many different kinds of variations of bananas. Mm-hmm. That we just had to, instead of choosing diversity, we chose to just GMO it all, which is fine. I mean, bananas are great. Especially mm-hmm. the kind that we have now, which are apparently berries. Sorry, that's another, yeah. that's a tangent. That's but bananas are berries, really. Yeah, apparently. apparently I mean, so. that makes sense, I guess. It well, depends on how, that's a, that's where you get into like, what is a berry conversation, I right, guess, right. which is always tough. Because it's like when people are like, is a tomato a fruit or a vegetable? And it's like, well, it is a fruiting yeah body of a plant and i guess bananas are kind of in that same category yeah and then it's just like okay we're it's just semantics like yeah yeah yeah. but yeah but but that's basically yeah if you have a one type of fungus that just kills one specific thing then and that's the one thing you're relying on then that's it that's really the root of the problem not the mm -hmm. bananas right (sighs) gosh thanos Go, read a book you know what i mean read a fucking book Thanos. <laughs> it makes me so mad Jen. i want to so fight weird. him every time i see his face he makes me so ever. mad uh man i want to fight him so bad like any anytime he talks in any first anytime he talks i just want to fight him like you first of all you're disrespectful two you're too confident three you're dumb as fuck fight me i just want to fight him fair all fair points so this is the end of the podcast. We should probably wrap it up now. Yeah, I think once we got to, to fighting Thanos, I was like, yeah, yeah we should probably we, we should wrap this up. <laughs> this is we should. This is like when you have that one drunk friend who just once you get like they just start talking about certain things. You're like, all right, so it's time to go home. <laughs> so this is be <B-Sciences>. scientist <laughs> Jenny. You got anything else to say? Again, I just hope that you continue to uh, support us. I know we Mm -hmm. haven't really done deep dives lately, but we are hoping to get back into that as well as have a few more interviews because there are so many brilliant, brilliant scientists out there. Um, So look out for that. Um, Mm. Continue to uplift each other. And as always, continue to be scientists. All right, guys, we'll catch you next time. Be Scientist is a podcast by the Black Science Coalition and Institute, or BSI, a 501c3 nonprofit. Be Scientist is hosted by both Jenna Carpenter, chemist, and BSI's research and development officer, and Jordan Chapman, geoarchaeologist and BSI's president. Music is produced by Delarallo, and lyrics are by Ed Gunner. Special thanks to Michael Mike Castle Marshall and the Plaza Abbey Studios. If you'd like to donate to BSI, visit our official website, bsci.org. That's b-sci.org. Your donation supports the B-Scientist and besides other projects. We couldn't do it without you. So please tune in next time and always be scientists.